Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped like to your mom was here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the incredibly long-running Bagged and Boardcast. We're up to number 162 now. I'm Chris. My name is John. And I am Paul. And we're sitting in new order. Ah, I don't like it. Well, John and I are. We're sitting in different seats. Paul's in the same one. Yeah, because I have a computer to run. So even though we've changed the seating arrangement, we still come at people with the same three things every episode, right? Yeah. That hasn't changed. Same three segments. Okay. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. The second is the list, the books coming out March 6th. I don't like it over here. Get used to it. I got, I've got a closet door in my elbow here. No, you know, that's why I always. I'm not complaining. I like about turn it. and I lean against it. I had a whole comfort thing. I'm out of my comfort zone. Oh. Get used to being back in your comfort zone because we're doing our monthly annual. Can't call it annual. What do you call it when it's every month? Monthly. Yeah. I didn't want to use the word monthly because it's our, our monthly. Our, our 12 time annual. Twelve. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it. It's our February look back. We do it every month. We talk about comic books that we've read, enjoyed, maybe didn't enjoy. No, we've got a decent stack of books. From DC, we've got Justice League of America, number one, Katana, number one, Vibe, number one, and Green Arrow, number 17. Paul's getting sexy over there. He just unzipped his pants. (laughs) Then for Marvel, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy, number 0.1, Nova, number one, and Uncanny X-Men, number one. All those things are my old glasses. Those are your old glasses. Okay, now they look familiar. Talking about comfort zone, I'm wearing new glasses this week, so it's a whole new look on the Bang Boardcast. <laughs> are those polarized? They're anti. They well, they're, no, they're ruby quartz to yeah. stave my optic That's a Cyclops joke because we're talking about Uncanny X-Men. He's not the only thing that's red. <sighs> Beer! It, is, it isn't a red, though. I thought this was a red. Nope. Uh, we are... Uh, in March, which, you know, the holiday in here, especially if you live in Buffalo and are Irish, it is St. Patrick's Day. So if we are not Irish and you're in Buffalo. You're still drinking and peeing on the street with everyone else yeah, on St. Yeah. Patrick's Day. Yeah. We call it getting your Irish up. That's my favorite parade. Why are you shaking paint on the podcast? Because <laughs> I have stuff on my desk and I am just <laughs> yeah, fiddling with things. He's fiddling with this. He's opening, uh, he's opening other glasses <laughs> to show us his old glasses, which we've looked at for like a year and a half. It's all Here's, really weird. He's got a magnifying <laughs> glass now. With you little, like some weird steampunk what, what's, science. What's really weird, it's a magnifying glass uh, attached with nipple clamps. It does. <laughs> it's for soldering. Uh-oh. <laughs> The, the clamps you, you you hold things together so that you're so, hold things that you're going to solder onto, hold the project mm-hmm. board. I mean, that way you can see your solder point. At <laughs> what point do you put them on your nipples? <laughs> <laughs> Never put them on your nipples. Though. Never. Uh, so we for <laughs> neither fun nor good. So for the uh, the month of March, we are going to be bringing you uh, Irish ales and Irish stouts. So the first one we're going to be drinking is from Robach Brewery. Um, this is out of Rochester. It's about an hour away from us. Um, and it is their Patty's Irish-style cream ale. We've had their Robach on before. We 
I think we consider their vanilla one of our yeah, favorites. Yeah, their vanilla porter's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's fun is they sell in your beer section, they sell it in growlers for you. Um, and this isn't, it isn't bad. It's, it's real light. It kind of has a, I wouldn't say like a metallic, t- it has like a kind it's of like a, a mealy there's, mouth. There's a little, there's a little on the, nickel. On the, on the back of the tongue, right? Yeah. Right after you sip, you're like, oh, this is really good. And then it just like, yeah. raw. You got that like, it a does rust- go like, raw. You got a rusty nickel in there. Not bad. I know. Like we said before, we had like a little bit of this before we actually started recording. I like it. It's not something I would seek out, but I would drink it. Yeah. It's, it goes into that, uh, I drank it last night and so did you. Yeah. It, it, it is one of those beers that we put in that bar that we never hoped to be there. But we I, wouldn't mind being there because yeah, at least there's like, plenty of stuff we would drink. We would drink if it was the only thing there in the bar. But when we end up at that bar, Purgatorius is going to be this bar for me. It's going to have all the beers that I wouldn't really want to drink but are there so I could get them. I think this might be a little better... On draft, maybe with like a nitrous flow on it, yeah. so it's real creamy. Uh, and it's definitely better cold. I drank it a little warmer yesterday and wasn't that thrilled with it, but it is better colder. I like it. Uh, I don't have a lot to say because it's just that middle of the road, decent beer. Like, it's not anything to write the soldiers about. Yeah, it, but it's it, here. You know, it's, it's a beer that I imagine if I had tongue piercing, this is what beers would taste like all the time. It just has that little bit of metal aftertaste to it. Yeah. So, not a big fan. That. Not a big fan. But a uh, big fan of news. Oh, you love news, Paul. I do love geeky news. I walked news. in on you earlier touching yourself to it. <laughs> yeah. Did it have those clamps on him? <laughs> <laughs> it was over a newspaper, too. I was like, oh, well, it's functional. <laughs> I was holding the word search. Mappable and functional. <laughs> I don't do crossword puzzles, but word searches. Darn you backwards I, and diagonal. I only do the word searches when I got a bank. I got a word bank, I'm there. Same thing with crossword puzzles. I got a word bank, I'll do it. Wow. Yes. Talking about remedial ed. <laughs> that's, that's just boring. Training wheels are still on this kid's bicycle. It's oh. like, I have a poor center of balance because of my inner ear. You know that. I know you fall Why off. Why are you bike? always picking on me and my training wheels? Because <laughs> I'm a 30 year old man. <laughs> My training wheels. Trading wheels? Training wheels. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I don't like it on this side of the table. Get used to it. That's where you're sitting from now on. I like it over here. I'm Wait, not moving. We had a bunch of news, bud. Tell us I don't remember it now. <laughs> well, you're you movie news. You couldn't hear or see this, but Paul is like nudging at John. Like, but you had news. Like, come on, buddy. Like, get on Sandy's lap. He's not that drunk. Like... <laughs> Cheer up! There's, there's Spider-Man news, and you love oh, you Spider-Man. Love Spider-Man. And you love you love it when Green Goblin comes and attacks Spider-Man. <laughs> you love his maniacal laugh, right? Maniacal laugh. Uh, Chris Cooper has been cast as uh, Norman Osborn, which could be the third to maybe fourth villain being set up in this movie. Yeah, we well Norman Osborn. Norman we don't Norman know. Osborn. We don't know if he's going to be Green Goblin yet. You don't know if he's going to be that yet, but there's some, something definitely is going to be leading to him. Mm-hmm. You already know that he's willing to do anything to save his own life. Uh, you've got uh, Jamie Foxx cast as Electro. You have uh, Paul Giamatti cast as 
the rhino. Have they actually come out and said he's definitely the rhino? Because I thought that was still speculation and rumor. I, I haven't seen anything actually saying, like, no, he's the rhino, but I think it's one of those. Like, kind of like Jamie so... Foxx was the Electro, but it wasn't really established he's Electro, but, but he, he is. Yeah, exactly. For the longest time, and then they finally said, oh, yeah, he's Electro. Yeah. Uh, and then they've been doing those, kind of teasing those pictures of the locker where Eddie Brock and Peter Parker in Ultimate Spider-Man found the symbiont oh. suit. So they've been teasing that we might also get something to do with Venom in this. Man, well, is it going to be a new Secret Six? Or See, Sinister I'm, Six? I'm, sorry. I'm okay with Sinister them, like, Six. throwing stuff out there and just seeing all that. And, like, you don't have to have that payoff, like, at the end of the movie. I don't need, like, the black ooze coming from the locker. I don't need Paul Giamatti bursting through walls. Like, I I would like to see that, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> would you like him to say, I'm the juggernaut bitch? I, he, he could. It's, oh, no, it's not Fox. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the, hey, we are playing this larger world, this larger universe. I, I like, like, that's, that's cool. I like me. setting up those characters for this. And one of the big things they're saying about this movie is he's not just making another sequel, he's making a franchise. He's setting up characters for down the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do I do like that that's kind of where they're going to be going with it, and they're kind of giving him the ability to do that for this movie. And the other bit of news out of this is we got a glimpse of what the, somewhat of what the new suit is going to look like. Oh. Um, and, you, you know, you have... Better eye goggles. They're they're a little bit wider. Mm -hmm. They look more Spider-Man than the old ones. Yeah, the other ones, they don't look like... like the white lenses. They don't look like they were sunglass lenses that he popped out of glasses and put in a suit, but more... Yeah, but that kind of makes sense that that's what the kid would have. Yeah. And they, I like that they're using this as, no, it's an evolution. As he learns his role more, he's going to adapt the costume. Like, he's going to make those changes to the yeah. eye so he can see more. I, I like this. Yeah. Uh, and gonna... instead of having, like, the webs cut into the suit, it now looks like they're raised out of the suit. Okay. I, I didn't even notice that's what it looked like in the first movie, but... Yeah, it kind of looks like everything is etched, like, carved into the suit. So... The Crane Crew, do they have now Spider-Man suits? Like, are they now when They got red? special, like, badges and little whistle rings, so if they need it, he goes, ooh, into the ring, and, you know, his super hearing hears it, and he swings And it. every day at 5 o'clock, they have to lower their boots. <laughs> yeah. But that's because he's got to race home to walk like... Aunt May home. Yeah. Also, we got uh, screen pit, uh, or set pictures of uh, Mary Jane Watson. Oh, I haven't seen that. The girl playing Mary Jane Watson. She's I'd from the Descendants, right? Yes, yes that girl. Yeah. A little homely. I mean, yeah, not exactly oh, what you look this up Not now. exactly what you thought. Not like I want. I like, want to want to say I, she looks a little homely, which is horrible to say. But Mary Jane Watson's supposed to be a, a model. Yeah, like she does. Model. She's not a knockout. She's do, and she doesn't look like. I don't. You have kind of an idea of her being a little more toned. Yeah, but and she is. She's kind of homely. She doesn't. She doesn't she, look like she loves to run on the treadmill. <laughs> I need. I, this, 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 this I'm frantically googling this. This is what happens when you this? set me on this side of the table. But what I'm just saying I, is, uh, you know, on, this is on. where John turns horrible and Chris turns into a goody goody. I'm always <laughs> the stone. I'm to, okay, she's not. She's bad. right. No. She's not bad, but she's a little. She, 
She's, they should have cast she doesn't Ginny com- Weasley. I, she, she looks like a poor man's uh, Ginny Weasley, yeah. She she uh, she isn't really in competition with Emma Stone. No. And I feel like everyone is in competition well, with Emma Stone. I heard originally we they are were right going to have... We're losing, guys. They were going <laughs> to have terrible. blonde Emma Stone and then just redhead Emma Stone playing <laughs> Mary Jane. I would be no. so sexually confused. That would be hell for Peter. I I finally understand what Peter's going through. <laughs> if only somebody could make the decision easier for me. If oh. only she could be thrown off a bridge. Oh mm. man, I would be upset if they throw uh, if if uh, Green Goblin appears and that's what they're going towards in the second movie. Oh yeah, Chris, we got to make plans to go see the second Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, you guys gonna see it without me and not invite me. DX6. Will you go, Paul? That's my question. Or is it going to yeah, just be me? He's not going to be there for the midnight showing. I will be. You guys can go ahead, man. I don't know. I'm not going to I'll, I'll, I'll see you a year later. We're older than you. I'm tired. I'm going to be 31, Paul. All the time. Well, an- another movie we will have to wait a little bit longer to go to the midnight release for is The Hobbit There and Back Again. Uh, this was what? pushed back to... Somebody ruining my Christmas, Chris. Push- no, they're well, no, saving your Christmas. Christmas. It's coming out in December 2014 now. Um, it, it was supposed to be a summer movie. I, I'm loading the article now. Uh, it was supposed to be out in July, uh, but it's been pushed back until December. You got a, you're going to have a lot of other big summer blockbusters, and why not dominate December yet again? And I think that's really what they're just going to go for is let's rule the box office in December again. And I'm. I thought they were all done with all three movies. That's what they did. They the first no, time. no, they're they, just they. They were planning on releasing it in the summer. There's other, other summer blockbusters that are going to be right. there. So why have it fight for money? So December when you 2013. Can put it, 2014. 2014. No, 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 no. Decima- Decimation of smog. Decimation of smog. Yeah. Is coming Desolation. out. Desolation. Desolation. is completely different. Desolation is coming out. 2013. Okay, so my Christmas the third is movie, saved. The third movie, instead of coming out in 2014 summer, summer 2014 okay, December. They are saving yes. my Christmas. They are basically sticking with Lord of the Rings movies all that came out around holiday time. Which I miss seeing all the Harry Potter movies at Christmas, because that's when they yeah. originally came out. The when Chronicles of Narnia, those came out during Christmas time. All two of them. There's three of they're, 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 they got to three? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Don Trotter. Don Trotter was the last one that came out. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you don't go to the movies. Uh, I'm pretty sure we reviewed it on the podcast. <laughs> it would have been you and I reviewing it because Paul doesn't go to the movies. <laughs> no, like, this is I, why we stopped doing that section of the podcast. I, yeah, because I, Paul was like, I'm not doing it. I thought, I thought Paul was going to go say, no, this is why we don't change seats. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like my adaptation of novels I read as a kid coming out on Christmas. Like, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel warm that time of year. Yeah, I, I, I think it's how, smart. How do we move that into Evil Dead talk? Uh, so, oh, you guys excited about the uh, the remake of Evil Dead? Wait, they're doing a remake of Evil Dead? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know Chris what I'm Campbell going to be in? You know what I'm more excited about? Yes, what? John, I am looking forward to it. <laughs> After seeing the trailer, I... It was kind of him hawing, but then I saw it and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Wait, yeah, it does look. Good. I, I held e- off the remake. Evil Dead looks good. W- will there be a scene <clears throat> where blood fills a light bulb? 
well, probably. It's still hanging. Because have that you was seen, awesome. Have you seen the trailer for the 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 remake? The Red Band trailer? You didn't even know they did a third Chronicles of Narnia movie <laughs> until like two minutes ago. I don't pay attention to movies. We actually, I talked about this a couple of weeks. Oh, I talked about this for January. Yeah, look forward. For look forward. I know you don't listen to me on the podcast, so why should I listen to you? <laughs> because you have to edit us. You have to listen to the show like another time. Yes. I uh, hear John talking. I'm like, I assume that's fine. <laughs> What's going on in the news? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he's like, what's going on in the news? Clip, clip, <laughs> ah, my nipples. Oh, All right, I but anyways, yeah. something I'm looking forward to more than the remake is the fact that Sam Raimi and his brother, is it Ian or Ivan? Ivan Raimi? His his older brother are going... Not, not Ted. Not the Ted. One. That, that's the younger brother. Uh, they are going back to the well and writing an Evil Dead 4, a sequel to... Army of Darkness. Which was Evil Dead 3. Which was Evil Dead. So I doubt you're going to see... I think you might see Evil Dead 2 on the title for this. I really hope they do this. Like, when I look up at the marquee... No movie theater has a marquee anymore, but I, for for my story here, it does. I look up, I see it as Evil Dead 4, colon, Army of Darkness 2. (laughs) (laughs) And then another subtitle underneath that. I don't know what. Like, Come Get Some or something. Fistful of Boomstick. They already did that for the game. They can't do it I, again. No, I know. Uh, I'd love to see this. I'd love to see Bruce Campbell back as Ash. I do want him back as Why like do you a, have a paperclip on your sleeve? I put that on there at one point a couple days ago, and I forgot it was there. Until you pointed it out to me right now. He's helping you with a Word document. Yeah. <laughs> That's Clippy! <laughs> I, see hey, Clippy. I see you're trying to make a uh, record a podcast. <clears throat> you want help with that? I see Paul keeps no, searching I for have, current events. I have Paul for that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I forgot that was there. I'm going to leave it there until I remember again. Hmm, hmm. But I'm, hmm, I'm actually yes. really looking forward to this. Uh, I am as well. It's Paul has cool. no Paul, comment. Paul, do you have anything invested in the Evil Dead movies? I, I've watched all of them. All three of them. Wow. So it's got a leg up over Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen them. Is it because you've watched them with us? Yes. Okay. <laughs> watch them with you, John. We rented it on the Xbox one day. Okay. It was a very cherished memory, and I can't believe you, you don't Oh, how did I miss this story this. before? Guys, guys, guys. We what? can all sleep easier tonight. Oh, thank goodness. Halle, ba- Halle Berry says it. she is almost certainly back for more Storm in X-Men Days of Future Past. Well, she Ooh. always says that. She does. Because she loves the paycheck. Uh, wasn't she a little bit ago pushing for a X-Men origin Storm? She's so why wouldn't she come back and do this? The only thing she's had come out in the last couple of years is this new movie called Passenger, which is a ripoff of uh, the guy that plays uh, Chris Evans' Cellular from... Uh, like five years ago. I don't know. Yeah, I know that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Aaron will get it. I'm just... He knows those movie references. Ellie Berry just likes being Storm, I think. I think a lot of her days just sitting around looking at the phone being like, Am I Storm yet? I wonder if Chris Claremont calls her up often. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta, I gotta patch Paul in on this. He can, he can hear about it. Paul, sorry, you've just become a deviant in my mind. <laughs> it's horrible. Do, do we have any more news? Uh, no. About I anything? I, I don't. Let's see. I'm uh, still upset Evil about Dead. John ripping on this girl that's playing <laughs> Mary Jane. Tomb Raider coming out. 
Tomb Raider comes out Tuesday. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, Blizzard is set to debut something new at PAX East. New title that isn't a sequel or an expansion. Um, could be where can their, they go uh, from here? They've done like could be their sci-fi. They've done horror with Diablo. It could be their Defense of the Ages game or Dota game because um, you know they've had the expansions on the the uh, fan-made Dota from from uh, World of Warcraft or Warcraft games, but they could actually come out with their own Defense of the Ancients, right? I guess they could. I mean, it's, it's their game, so yeah, yeah. why not? Oh, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do a shooter. <laughs> that's right, StarCraft Ghost. That's that's the they, joke they, I'm making. They could. It was their... It was their Why do you shooter? keep just scanning and looking at this girl? I, I'm just trying to see if there's actually a link to the Spider-Man costume. And like a, hey, check this out too, but there's not. No, there isn't going to be one of her wearing the Spider-Man costume. No, that was Andrew sorry. Garfield's costume, Paul. Oh, 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 I'm getting frustrated with you. Okay, well, let's move on to their next topic, which is... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just for this this <laughs> comment. Her head and neck are the same width. Looks like Beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> She's a good-looking woman if she has her head turned slightly to show where her neck is. <laughs> That's so horrible. <laughs> I looked at a picture again just to make sure it's true, guys. Oh, oh internet, we're so net. mean. I know, guys. Me, 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 me. <laughs> oh, guys. Uh, we have comic books we're looking books. forward to, right? Yeah. Uh, comic books we're looking forward to coming out March 6th. I'm glad you remember, John. Do you remember what book you're looking forward to? Uh, I am actually looking forward to the soft cover release of Severed by um, Scott Snyder and... Uh, Attila Funko. Would you say you're getting hired for the soft cover? No. I read the first issue of this. Uh, it was free on Comixology. I really, really liked it, and I've just been waiting for it to come out in trade. We're not, I, I don't like spending the money on the hardbacks. It just seems like an extra $10 for a hardcover book. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem like it. You are paying an extra $10 for hardcover But you don't book. get anything extra. You know, you just get a hard-bound book. You so, get it before anybody else. And that's how book companies do it. And uh, it's a book that I really, really liked that first issue and wanted to have a hard copy of it. But, but not the <laughs> hard back copy of it so i'm i'm looking forward to this uh it was really cool kind of about a serial killer in the dust bowl 1920s and a little kid who can play the violin mm. it's got everything you love uh yes bowls violins if only that kid also got a sewing machine <laughs> when he got that violin it sounds like something you get it sounds like something you can really seek your teeth into because the serial killer, lawyer, I think, has what really he's got teeth. like yeah, he's got like K nine teeth. That's creepy. Yeah. Paul, uh, to you the epilogue. Of... Chris, what are you looking forward to? Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, just I'm defeated. You just <laughs> so rolled over on that. No, Paul, I, go ahead. I want it to be so. There's like I don't want John sitting in that seat anymore. <laughs> no, I've already uh, said I'm taking this one. This is my new seat. Rot world has ended. Oh, you are going to go? Okay, fine. Or, or Animal Man. <laughs> Animal Man number 18, Rock World, has ended. Uh, this is the epilogue where Buddy Baker, or, yeah, Buddy Baker comes back to his family and tries to, uh, reconnect again. After is his all daughter still, happened. like, really creepy? Yes. And, okay. Yes. I don't know what's going on well, with that. I, I, don't haven't, know. I haven't read anything in it's, forever. It's been 
good. It's just, uh, since it's been so crossover, he hasn't been really interacting with his family. He's been off on his own adventure in our world and, you know, they've been doing their own thing. So this will be, uh, setting up, I guess, a new era of a Buddy Baker, which I hope it gets back to the family dynamic again. But if it says a little more Animal Man kind of in that supernatural, would you still yeah. be interested oh, yeah. in it? Oh, yeah. I, I like him going off and protecting his world, his family from the weird supernatural stuff. It's just been so him and then the family, and it's not them together. And I think that's been what I really liked was, like, when... Him his and son, his daughter were... Yeah, yeah. And then his... His, his son is, like, watching a video, you know, uh, on his thing, and it's a video of his dad in one of, you know, one of his dad's movies, and he's ashamed to admit it. But he actually thinks his father's, you know, cool. Stuff like that, you know, that's what I'm kind of missing in Animal Man now. But loving the story, it's just like, oh, cool, we're going to get back to that? Awesome! Jeff Lemire's still on the book? Yep. Well, it's good. I, too, am actually looking forward to a DC book. Uh, I scanned the solicitations for something new. Because there's a lot of books coming out, but it's all stuff that I read every month anyways. I've picked them all multiple times. So why, why not get something different for us to do for our March Look Back? Um, Paul's going to hate this book. Paul, whatever. Anime Girls, number one? <laughs> it is. It's the Amy Comedy Girls, number one, by Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti with art by Eduardo Francisco. Um, this is one of is the books. Is this the one that it came out online, right? Yeah, it was, it was a digital book. Uh, they put it out online. It was just to support those stupid PCV, PCV, the uh, PVC, PVC, uh, statue, marionette thingies. Which, I, you know what? And this is my justification. I have two of those. I can buy the book. Yeah. I have, I have the Green Lantern and the Star Sapphire one. So hey, why not? Look, it's, it's starring Wonder Woman, Power Girl, Supergirl, Batgirl, Robin, Steel, and Flash. That's the Ooh. only book coming out that month that has all of them. And <laughs> all of them in one book, right? Yeah. And it's the Emmy comic girls team up for the final showdown with Brainiac. They don't even give you the first showdown. It's all climax with this one, guys. And that's what you're looking forward to the most, right? While you're reading this is you climaxing. Well, I'm actually looking forward to another beer. Oh, it's out. but now bag and board cast presents a dramatic reading from Wonder Woman. Number five. Page 13, panel 5. Oh, panel 3. Panel 3. Did you do sound effects too? Yes, please. Boom. My is name is right Diana. Song? My mother is... Oh, it says bong. Can we do it? Yeah, we do it. Bong. <laughs> and that was a dramatic reading from Wonder Woman number 5. Page 13, panel 3. Beer. Hey, we have, I have a beer in front of me. Bong. <laughs> I, I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. It's, it's okay. That's a cool cover, too. That's a, all these cool covers. That, yeah. that, that uh, squid monster is Poseidon. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's a, not to get off the beer quick, but that's a book that I would probably pick up the trade to be like, oh, I, I will you, read You this. should, because it, it is fun. It is fun to see all the old gods in a new way. Uh, Hundred Bullets, like Volume Two, sequel to Hundred Bullets by uh, Ezriello and really? the guy that did the art coming out. Edward, I meant so to. Nice. Uh, That's uh, actually really cool. I wanted to have that for news. I totally it. forgot See, it. I, I really dug. I it. never. I could never get into it either. After it moved past like the initial, like, oh, it's not just a guy handing out 
suitcases the suitcase of bullets. to get people like revenge. He's building a new group of Minutemen to go up against like the families that have become <clears throat> not. I don't want to say corrupt because they were always kind of corrupt anyways. That's why <laughs> the Minutemen were there to keep them in check. But um, he's just building his own secret society to take out other secret societies. Like it's it was actually really cool. Um, but yeah, like I I would read that. Uh, you just did. I would read more of it. <laughs> I, I've it's one of those books that yeah I've kind of been dragging my feet on either borrowing the issues from you or buying the trades because every time I flip through them or I talk to you about them, it's like ah, I should be reading Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, every couple months in previews, there's a publication that comes out. It's called Modern Masters, where it's all about one comic book artist, and it's just a focus on them and their career. It's like basically big, like. 50 page interview with Whoa. different art that they've done throughout the years in there. And the new one coming out that is in the previews for whatever month it is, June? Uh, I don't know. May. May. Um, is actually Cliff Chang. And I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. That's awesome. Like I was actually thinking about picking that one up because his artwork's fantastic. And he's a great person to interview. You can, you can listen to him on episode 121. I don't remember when the episode it was, somewhere, was. It was somewhere around there, 120 or 121. It's still up on iTunes if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. We did have an interview. Uh, but we have a beer in front of us now, and this is coming from where, John? This is your this beer. This is uh, uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Um, not one of our favorites. I don't think – I think we've reviewed maybe one or, once or twice on the podcast. We've had a few different things from them because they're one of those breweries that they always have something out there. And it's like, hey, we can buy this, guys. I usually steer away from Brooklyn because, John, you always mention how much you hate them. I'm not a fan. I brought their sampler pack before uh, during one summer. I remember that. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. They're not. They're never great. But They're never great, but they're okay. And it's not that, I mean... If they were in that bar... Purgatory. If they were in that bar in Purgatory, I'd be like, oh, you got a Roanbox uh, Irish Ale? Can we name the bar Bargatory? <laughs> uh, I think we should now. <laughs> we say it ends well, up well, in Bargatory. You need to put that on a sticky note and put it on your computer so you don't Bar- forget that. I, I think we'll remember Bargatory. Yeah. Um, but this is their dry Irish stout. Uh, it's something that I've seen for the last couple of weeks and I'm being like, what makes it dry? It it's a dry Irish It is dry, but basically it's just, we use large amounts of roasted grains. It, it, it does have a, it. like, there's a sweetness on the nose, mm-hmm. like from that roast too. Uh, it's, and it's, it's coffee and it's got those tastes that you expect out of a stout. It does have that dry kind of roasted taste. Um, I think compared to some of the stouts that we've been drinking, we kind of enjoy those darker, those big boys. A lot more, and this is really light. It's only 4.7% alcohol. Well, after, but I'm still enjoying this. Yeah, it's good. After um, we poured it, I took a sip. I was like, oh, it's it's a stout. It's not bad. It's, I like that smoky. It's a like dark that color. It's 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 a dark color, but there's it's not that dark mouthfeel. It's real light. Like yeah. It's like you're drinking, like I, I don't want to say like smoky water, but it has that kind of... Ba, 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 refreshing ba, 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 like water taste to it. When I used to work at a uh, the local grocery store, uh, I had I was working in a cheese shop there, and we had this cheese cutter, 
that you could that the wire you could pull out. And every once in a while, I would play smoke on the wa- the, that uh, <laughs> smoke on the water on it because you could actually do it. It was like the only thing. I could. And then he he told somebody, he's like, "Hey, listen to this," and all they heard was bong, bong, bong. Like that's what song. Like, I don't know. Yes, yeah, also the the empire thing. <laughs> was that what you were doing? Yeah. That's good. Hey. What about hey. these comic books that came oh, out? We've got so many comic books to talk about, guys. I know, and real quick too. There's at least seven of them. There. <laughs> I know. All right, so first off, we're gonna jump right, right Sorry. into uh, Justice League of America, the new Jeff Johns, uh, David Finch book, um, setting up uh, Steve Trevor, bringing Colonel, uh, Colonel, Colonel, Colonel Steve Trevor, bringing um, together the Justice League of America with Amanda Waller. Um, to have a team to be able to go up against the Justice League and have other side missions. And there's kind of that beginning piece of criminals in London creating something. Well, Dr. Ivo. Dr. Ivo. They've been hinting at Red Tornado for a while now. I forget what other comic book it was in, but... They have uh, parts it was of them, like, it, sitting around. It was um, Throne of Atlantis. Yeah. Should we turn on? Should we turn on the Red Tornado? I don't. I don't remember what it says. But if you don't have Ma Hunkle first, can you really have a Red Tornado robot? You still can, Paul, because you know what? No legacy in this universe. <sighs> the New Fifty Two says a good day to you, sir. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this. <laughs> It's what this book of Justice League of America kind of reminds me of, too. It's like, oh, remember all those awesome past stories that Jeff Johnson did with the Justice League of America? Yeah, they don't, they don't count anymore. This is very much that quintessential, hey, let's get the teams together. It's, yeah, it is. It's basically Amanda Waller and Colonel Steve Trevor sitting in a room like, what about this person? Going through oh, the case files. Well, well, he, well, let's talk about them. And then here's two pages of that character doing something. Uh-huh. What about this guy? Well, here's two pages of them doing something. Can we trust... Well, she's a murderer. Can we really trust her? And then it shows, like, she's not murdering somebody for once, and it's like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) that means something. But Stargirl here is a different Stargirl. It is a different Stargirl. Of course, that's where Paul goes. (laughs) That's where I was going with the legacy stuff, and you, you just turned to the page. It's somebody that is now out in the forefront. Like, as a very public superhero, which we weren't really getting before, it was somebody who was, in the old Justice League of America run, learning how to become a superhero, and then stepping up to that mantle finally in the last pa- last few pages yeah, there, of Justice League of America. There's a vulnerability. There's a vulnerability there. And uh, Jeff Johns loves her. Well, yeah. He created her. It's, it's based just, off of his sister. His, that's his baby. Yeah. Um, that passed away in a, in a flight crash, plane crash. This was everything I expected it to be and why I was kind of like, eh, I don't, yeah. I don't need to read Justice League of America, but it was well done. I, it's, it's, it's a Jeff Johns book, so it it's does, entertaining enough. It does what it's supposed to do and it does it well enough that I'm like, oh, you know what? I'd I, read number two. I enjoyed the, the, okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. One one of the things, like, I enjoyed it, but one of the things that would make me want to read this book as an ongoing series 
is the Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just badass in it. Yeah. You know, like, if you, you know, if you betray me, I will erase your mind and then everyone else in this building's minds. Yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> those things that you're wearing that block people from reading your minds, yeah, they don't work on me, so whatever. Like, it, it's cool. And yeah. I, and he's got, he's got the red eyes, but he's got like black around him, so they're really piercing red eyes. On There's the no page. vulnerability there. There's no vul, oh. He's wearing mascara no. <laughs> for the first time. Eyeliner. No, it's it's not just those big like bug eye red eyes. What? Yeah, not like Jean from the Ghostbusters. Uh, but like it just they just they yeah. radiate. They're they're piercing. Oh, but this is a piercing. It's a team book where the team isn't together there's, yet. There's no team. Yeah, there's basically an His idea files. for the team, and here's why we want the team. But there is no team. And it does not seem like this team is going to get along at all. Because it's built for one purpose, to take down the Justice League of America, which I enjoyed as the hook. It's it's and, not a team coming together, it's yeah. a team being brought together. And, and they do make mention of, like, well, hey, Justice League of International didn't work before. We, we and Booster Gold's again. gone missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, that's what... Guys, he's missing! <laughs> he's missing! Well, he's going on an inter-times he, quest. Uh, but it's what made me... Don't throw it, don't throw it over on the bed. I, I still need to talk about it. When Steve Trevor is like, well, you don't want Green Arrow to do what he needs to do. And I'm like, what's Green Arrow supposed to do? Oh, he wants to bring in Catwoman to take down Batman. Green Arrow. And I'm like, yeah, I could see like somebody thinking, oh, Green Arrow is, a, is somebody that maybe yeah, could the take foil. down for Batman. But not working at all, but maybe Catwoman instead. Yeah. But Green Arrow's still there. Running around is the, uh, the hooded demon or something. Yeah, I the, can't uh, they no, call like him. the black marksman or something. The bad guy in Green Arrow 17. Uh, but right now we got Katana number one. Well, are you finally well, done? No, I, oh, okay, I'm sorry. um, cause the one thing that I really, that kind of steered me off from this book was the artwork by David Finch and he has a, just that very sketchy, polarizing way of just like, okay, it's that 90s superhero drawn today. Everyone's kind of got their teeth gritted. Everyone's got that harsh look on their face. Like they, they're just scowling at you all the time. I, how do you do that in a book with Stargirl? Yeah. And w- every face, every head looks exactly the same when he draws characters. And that just kind of bugs me about his style. And then where, where is the Stargirl spot? Like even looking at Vibe here, Vibe's supposed to be 18 year old kid. And he's got like that strong jaw. He's like, ripped. He is. And then he's had a hard life. I actually read Boom Vibe Number it. One before this, uh-huh. and I was like, "Yeah, this this is Vibe like five years after I've read that Number One, right?" And no, it's like they talk. He's he's an eighteen year old kid. It's like he should be drawn as a kid, not just like a little adult. And then we look at Star Girl and. She's drawn completely differently from how he draws the rest of the characters. Like, look, if you look down at this bottom panel mm-hmm. here, I know I'm showing everyone else, not you, listener, but if you have the book, feel free to flip through to the Stargirl page. Like, it's... She's got really pouty lips. Really pouty lips. Everything's a lot more rounded. It's not as, like, angular and jagged. And then when you flip to the next Which page, nice. you've got Trevor and Waller there again, and it's just, like, harsh black lines on everyone's faces. And... 
I don't forget the weird pentagram. I don't, yeah. I just don't like his style, but I'd, I'd be willing to put up with it, I guess, Mm -hmm. to read this book because I, I did enjoy number one. I didn't, uh, I didn't think the artwork, uh, took me out, it didn't take me out of this book at all. I didn't really notice what you're talking about. Well, during my first reading, but it might spoil it for me now. I'll pass, I'm passing it back. I'm passing it back. I don't want to look at it now. Because if I look at it now, it might spoil it for me. I'll pick up issue two and be like, darn you, Chris, why would you have to point this stuff um, out? It kind just, of, think, just think back to New Avengers. Like, his his artwork gives it that kind of dark edge where I think that's what they wanted with this book. Yeah, because they wanted like, to get away I from want, pancake breakfasts. I mean, that's how, the Martian Manhunter fits the tone of Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. And most of the people on this team are that bigger, darker kind of character. Except for Stargirl, who we did it, and maybe he should have and softened vibe. up on Vibe, where I get what you're saying with that. I still, but I still felt that fun, young hero from Vibe. And I think that probably came more from the writing with him yeah. going back and paying for the Snicker bar for the kid who stole the candy. Do, do you want to go into Vibe? Yeah, next we'll go into Vibe next. We got um, kind of on the topic. Because, yeah, this also written by um, Jeff Johns with art by Pete Woods, who... When we did our, who's that artist that you, if you see their name on a book, you pick mm-hmm. them up. Pete Woods was one of mine because he worked on a lot of the Tim Drake Robin stuff. And that's really what put him on the map for me. And this is, this is vibe number one. The unlikeliest hero, guys. Oh. So, so, so right on there. Um, I can't remember what his name is. Cisco Rivera. No. Last name. I don't know. But, uh, he has R- a. Cisco Ramon. Uh, but he is growing up in, on the tough streets of Detroit, and uh, his brother is about to go to gold, become a uh, a a, uh, a tree, right? A uh, he's going to he's, he's going to school. Stanford or Caltech? I don't. I, I they just say he's going to California yeah. instead of going to Michigan. Oh, but his his brother is the first member of their family mm-hmm. to go away to school because he's got a football scholarship. As they're as they're going down the street. Boom, boom tube opens, Parademon comes out, because this is right when Darkseid starts his invasion of the, Earth. Yeah, but the boom tube doesn't just open, it opens in Cisco. Yes, and, and gives him extra dimensional powers where he can see through dimensions, he can close through dimensions. It's, can, all, it's all very dimensional vibration. He can a boom tube looking thing and knock little kids over stealing candy bars. <laughs> and you can't take a picture of him. You can't take a too. picture of him. Yeah, so it's blurry. And he's not afraid of getting into cars with strange men. That is superpower number one. <laughs> that is superpower the first. He will get into that car with you, sir. Just because you offer him justice. He will make a boob tube in your pants. <laughs> it kind of creeped me out. I'm like, really? This kid grew up on the streets of Detroit, and he hears, well, I'm from Argus, which is probably a department... Nobody's heard of. Yeah, that's what the kid says. Like you said, you're like from the FBI, and and you you're offering me not a candy bar. I'm not helping you find a lost puppy. You're offering me justice. You're, you're, he's giving him the opportunity to take out the parademon that was responsible for his brother's death. Mm-hmm. And we later find out that was that the parademon. Like I don't know, they yeah. all look the same. Amanda Waller just being Amanda Waller. But it was that way of basically corralling him into their service and. Mm-hmm. I have to, I really enjoyed this book so much I was like, 
well, I should, I should probably look forward to vibe number two because it's a Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. Pete Woods, young hero book. It's I, everything I, from I, Static Shock it. that you wanted. It's everything I wanted from Static Shock. It's everything that I enjoyed about Robin when mm-hmm. Pete Woods was drawing it. I feel like this is a book that I would probably read. I might not continue to read it. Like I'm on the fence about number two, but I still don't understand the quilted vest. It's a it's a look. Arg- Argus was <laughs> like, let's. Uh... <laughs> His whole costume really doesn't make sense. No, no, he's a but, government agent but with a quilt. Looks cool. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't. That, it doesn't. that might John, help with the wrong. vibrations. That yeah, yeah, that they... slows down the vibrations, so he can have a picture taken. <laughs> no, he still can't because he's wearing the costume. No, I know. And no, a I know. Of him in um, America. This book was good enough for me to have as a one shot to get an idea of who the character is to then read Justice League of America. Um, interesting end piece that I I thought was really cool. Not the um, Dark Side's daughter being imprisoned here on Earth, but. All those superheroes that didn't work being sealed up uh, and given balls. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, ball? they're, they're uh, all they're all locked up in the Argus basement. And, Elevator. Uh, uh, in one of in one of the breathing holes, Paul thought was <laughs> balls on a woman. Yeah, it was just weird, weirdly placed circle. Uh, it's ele- it was the floor number what thirteen point one uh, from Smallville. Remember that that no. they never used. I, I it was, didn't was that the room or... that uh, Lex was keeping all his Superman paraphernalia in? It was all no, all the was... meteor freaks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. Okay. Basically, uh, during the it was it was shown. I think the only time during at the episode of Mister Mix Mix Picklet. Yeah, wasn't that the one where um, it brings him up to that room and says, "Well, you know, what was the, last the middle kid again? from Tool Time escaped?" No. Wasn't he being was held? Some... He was being held prisoner. In Bell Reeve, though. Was it there? I yes. thought it was something else. Yes. I don't know. It's been so long since I watched that crap. It's, it's been so long since I've watched well, any I'm Home just... Improvement, too, so I don't well, even know what you're talking about. It was kind of a crappy idea on Smallville, and I think it's not much better here. That's that's kind of my point. But Smallville was kind of a crappy show. This comic book was pretty decent. <laughs> like, if yeah. or I saw it on the shelf, and I was like, eh, it's vibe number one. It's something to talk about. I read it, and I was like, eh, vibe number one. Not bad. I I kind of liked it. So what's the big play there by Amanda Waller? Oh, so you were kind of a crappy hero that wouldn't work with us. So we're going to keep you locked in this room in case Darkseid's daughter comes out, and then we're going to unleash you to fight Darkseid's daughter? Or, because or, you wouldn't work with us then, so now you'll work with or us. Or possible well, like Suicide Squad stuff later. Who knows? Like, Amanda Waller's just a bitch. Yeah, and... That's one of the things I really like about the Amanda Waller character is she's so nasty that you hate her, but you got to like her because you hate her. You got to respect her for what she does. This case for having no soul, where the temporal uh, temporal lobe mind thing devices didn't work on, did not work on Martian Manhunter. He was in that building, presumably. And so he doesn't realize this or doesn't care? I don't think he cares. Yeah. Okay. You don't care. He doesn't seem like he cares. It's not the same John Jones. Okay. So he's a hero he's with a singular purpose, much like Katana. He's a Martian. And Katana number one. She's not a Martian. 
No, no, but she's a hero with a singular purpose. And uh, Nocenti. No, no Nocenti and Alex Sanchez. Uh, and Nocenti doing the writing. And uh, Alex Sanchez on the art for this book, which makes me creeped out about her sleeping with the sword. It just, during those scenes, it just kind of creeped me out. It's uh, about... A woman who is training to be the best that she can be as a swords woman. She wants to be the best around. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, Paul. (laughs) No one's ever going to keep her down. I'm pretty sure that's how Brian Michael Bendis would put it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's her going to a small... It's all she does. It's what she does. That's all she does. Almost the remains of an internment camp. uh, Uh It's called Japantown. To learn sword handling skills. And just the wacky mischief that happens in J-Town there. Yeah, I did not like when they referred to it as J-Town. It took it's, away from... The beginning had kind of more the, of this... I, I couldn't get into this. At the beginning, I was just like, I don't even yeah. want to finish reading this. Like, yeah. four pages in, I was like, this isn't that good. But then when it's, she actually gets there, and she kind of sets up shop, and she starts her her training, like, mm-hmm. in the basement, and talking to the sword, like, that she believes holds her husband's soul. Mm-hmm. Because it's the sword that killed him. It's like the soul taker. It, it is it's responsible soul. for the deaths of thousands, thousands of people. And it's cursed to uh, take the lives of that, the That's actually more. where I started to get into it. Yeah. yeah the, it's, that's the last paragraph of the book. By well, the no, not that part. But where she's <laughs> actually in the basement oh, training. Oh, she's got all okay. the, the, dot, the, the red dots on the, on, on the wood. On the and wood, like, and then she's, she's got to try to knock them all away. Yeah. And she's and like, I'd be dead now. That's, that, and, then, and then when it gets into her going to see the woman with the tattoos to like, See to the learn f- the history of this, yeah, 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 it was that was kind of that was kind of weird. And then the the guy with, you know, cornbally enough, like, oh, you must come. I got a crazy wacky sword too. Come and train with us. I don't need you to train me. Of but the it, sword, yeah. But it's like, no, obviously you do because you just lost to the guy with the weird ribbon sword. Um, I think it's really good ideas. I think if it was better done. I would be more interested in reading number two because it th- seems like it's a quirky, weird kind of samurai world that you it's, can get into. It is. It's that it's a, Big Trouble in Little China almost superhero comic book. Yeah. yeah but it's not handled with enough well, yeah, camp it, but, it, or it's but it not handled be. with enough respect. Yes. it's it's You either play up the camp or you play, or you up, play up the more respect. seriousness. In and... This, and the, and this doesn't it doesn't have it mm-hmm. but, you know, I think because it, it's trying to play up respect, but it falls short of it and it feels campy. Yeah, like but I mean, the guy getting hit by the, the candy, the candy, and like, oh, I saw Zuriaz. It, it's yeah, it's, it's very seventies Hong Kong, like China. Like, almost this this is what we think Japanese people yeah, are like. It, it feels here's, like here's that. It feels like but almost exploitation. It, it does, but it's that grindhousiness that I kind of like about it. If it played up the grindhouse scene, I'd have another yeah, if, step, if this book was written by Quentin Tarantino, it would be awesome. But here's the thing, because they're not trying to go for that camp. They can't do it with a character like Katana, who's going to be in yeah, that Justice, Justice League, League of America. Because that's not who they're building her to be. So it's... It, I, I think it's kind of straddling that line, and I think it's doing it well enough. As, okay, as you think it's doing well enough. I think it's falling short. And just feels awkward can't. to read. It, because they of can't it. just go completely camp on it. 
Right. Yeah, but I mean, I think then you need to go more serious and a little mm-hmm. darker. But or it's still then you need. I mean, you need to take her, out her hit. dead husband's in a sword. Yeah, but I you mean, need, come on. You need to <laughs> take out. Serious? You need to take out the weird moment where she throws yeah, the, the rind in that guy's face, and it doesn't have that. Like it just doesn't know what it's supposed to be. And, but he, oh, you're and like at, you're right at the beginning, and I even said. Four pages in, I was like, I don't even want to finish this. Mm-hmm. But then as you get further into it, the book does become what it's supposed to be. Like, she's got that army of people, like the clan of sort of coming at her. She's yeah. like, yeah, I got my hair six. Two are dead. I got my bracelets. Two more dead. I it, got razors in my skirt. That's where it started to come together yeah, for but, me. I mean, but you still have, like, in between that is, you know, she's calling it J-Town. Mm-hmm. It's just, and then, like, she's fighting in the Japanese garden with all, like, the stuffed animal carved into the topiaries yeah it, it just like it doesn't it's walking it doesn't know it doesn't know how it should be and i think like it, you need it to go either one way or the other i like some of the interesting ideas the woman with the tattoo the crazy sword crew you know join us to learn how to wield your crazy Planet sword sword yeah um sword crew sword crew um, but We're going to be at the bottom <laughs> bing later on. <laughs> but I don't know if it has enough for me to pick up that two, because I need it to be just one way or the other. And I think if it went a little more campy, it would be a fun read that would be around. I yeah. think this is a book that they put out to tie in to the Justice League book that they can cancel after six issues, put out a trade, yeah. and then go to something else, mm-hmm. which is kind of what they've been almost doing with some of these books. I After finishing it, I would probably read number two of this before I read number two of Justice League of America. Okay. Like, if I had them both on the shelf and I could only buy one book, I'd probably pick up Katana. I, I, I would pick up Justice League of America over Vibe and over this. I'm only picking up Justice League of America. I'm not... So you would take Justice League over the other yes. two? Yes. But what about Green Arrow number 18, Paul? Would you pick that up? Yeah, number 17 I did. I have not picked up number 18 yet because it hasn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> we are reviewing number 17, I know, John. But what I was saying is, would you pick up number 18? Oh, oh would I? We were just talking about, would you pick up the next issue of those? I was asking if you'd pick up the next issue of Green Arrow. Would I? Would you? I think that jumps ahead of our review a little bit. And I just I will like leaving that to the end. Just a Green Arrow number 17, uh, is starting the new writing staff with Jeff Lemire and Anne Sor- uh, Sorrentino is doing the art. Uh, no, Andrea. Andrea. Andrea Sorrentino on art. John covered up the title page I so I can did. read it. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino, who I really enjoyed during the I Vampire run and Jeff Lemire, we all know how much I like his writing. Uh, is telling a new origin story? Uh, it is green, basically Green Arrow number one. Yeah, that's what he said he was giving us, but it is definitely just destroying what was happening in the past 16 issues of Green Arrow and starting him back in the desert. It was very much, I haven't read any Green Arrow since number one, so I don't know what was happening, but, but you I saw don't, the covers. I don't, I, I didn't pay attention to him. Yeah. Like, I didn't need to know what's happening because basically everything is burnt to the ground in this. One. Yeah, yeah. He destroys everything there is to it. It's frozen. <laughs> uh, but this is, 
This is the issue that, like, I dropped in the snow. It got stepped on. Like, it got folded up a couple times. It's like, I felt I felt dirty reading it. It was bizarre. <laughs> I've never felt I, like that. With I a had comic a clean book. issue that you guys could have read. <laughs> I, this was in the well, stack. John. I gave John. Him. Here's the thing. John bought this book. He said I could have it after and then, it, and then he was like. Oh, I ruined it, guys. <laughs> I texted. And I, then I texted Paul, and I said, "Listen, I dropped it in the water." He gave it. He gave me a face, Facebook message. I, 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 I yeah, I Facebook He's like, I, I ruined it, guys. Sorry. And then Paul's like, "Oh, it's okay. I, I picked it up." So he I picked it up the same day that I ruined yeah. it. I thought you threw it out, and then when I saw it there, I was like, "Oh, maybe John must have bought another one." <laughs> Why would I throw then, it out? It's still then readable. I, then I it it just, and I was like, it just oh, crinkles what, a little bit. What happened to this thing? <laughs> I was like, "This is the issue." But uh, oh. I enjoyed it. I, I it, it's not a really enjoyable read because it feels like so much work is going into undoing everything else that Jeff Lemire hasn't begun his story yet. <laughs> Stop living pages. It's making me laugh. But the one thing with Andrea Sorrentino's art, red works a lot better than blonde. Yeah, you know, with Eye Vampire, like it worked so much better with those that color palette. The blonde hair just seems so tacked on. It's like a dirty, it's a dirty blonde. It just doesn't seem to work with this art. Really? You know what I mean? Cause I really like the art in this. I like, feel just like the, the yellow things like, like the white box to like yeah. show the action, the, the different color building, the color through the whole, like I, I, I like all that stuff. Like the action a lot of times is just in black and white. Everything else is in color. Like I, I really, I've, I fell in love with this book with the the story that was being told and the artwork. The artwork just nailed it for me. Now I wasn't I only read the first issue of I Vampire, mm-hmm. so I didn't fall in love with that artwork and then have it move to another artwork or another style of what they're doing. It's it's the same style and I don't feel like it works as well here because with the facial expressions it's ever the faces are so washed out you don't get much detail in the faces here um but you didn't get that in eye vampire either because all the faces were vampires so they would have really ex- strange like weird wacky stretched out jaws and stuff weird stuff would happen and that worked here but this is a guy running around in a cape and he's not in a cape well not a cape but a, in a, a cowl hood with a bow and arrow Facing another guy with a mask and a bow and arrow. And a hood, Paul. Don't forget the, the hood. In the hood. And uh, for whatever reason, some things felt just misplaced. See, I, I really dug it. If this was what Green Arrow number one was mm-hmm. when it came out, not story-wise, but just the presentation of it, I probably would have kept on reading Green Arrow. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. Like, I... I really like the choices of artwork and how it's laid out. Everything about it, like you know, I like the layout. I like her. I don't. I don't need to really see the the faces because the faces don't matter. And you know who Oliver Queen is, Mm -hmm. and you know he's he's got blonde hair. He's the guy with the bow. The other guy with the bow is dressed in black and is wearing a mask. You know, you don't need that. And when you do need to see something, like the dude with the uh, the X's for eyes, like you see yeah. what you yeah, need. You, you do get more detail. You get what you need. need. You get when what you need. you need to see from him. Hey, you I know? understand. I just feel like it worked better for Eye Vampire than it does here. 
See, it's, I think Green Arrow needs to be a dirty, gritty kind of book and have dirty, gritty kind of art for it. I don't get dirty, gritty. I get washed out. I mean, you get washed out and you puff your lips up. Yeah, because <laughs> there's no detail to it. You know, everything's kind of just faded. It's not dirty, gritty. It is washed out and faded. That's what I get. Um and that's, that's cool. Such, like that's such a cool. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not saying I'm not. I, I'm definitely excited for 18. I just feel like issue 17 was a book that just had to get out of the that they had to do just to get out of the way to actually start telling their own story. But their sense. story is is this? It is somebody totally systematically taking out everything <laughs> in his world. Like that is a cool area to begin with. Oh, you're a superhero that is. All right, you're a superhero that's established. Uh, nope, not anymore. Right. Oh, the people helping you? Gone. Yeah. Everything you had? Gone. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? This guy's a better archer than you are. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's using all of your trick arrows. Yeah, he's using all your shit. And like, you have to get back to the island. Yeah, it's, you know. You have to go back. I love Lost, and that's a great way to end it. <laughs> okay. Uh, now going way back. Guardians of the Galaxy 0.1. You know, you know, because it's a point one. A 0.1. It's a 0.1. This... Because a zero issue isn't comic booky enough. You have to have a 0.1 followed by a 0.2 and then a 0.3, a 0.4, and then you have a number one. This is what bothers me about Marvel. Yeah. Why not just give us the zero and then go into a number one? Why not just have this be number one? Wait, there's going to be a 0.2? I believe so. Yeah, that was one of the books we were talking about had that. Yeah. Because they're going to do like an origin story for every of each of the Guardians of the or Galaxy. It's going through telling the origin of, uh, what's his name? Star Lord? Peter. Uh, Will? No, Peter. Peter, I don't remember his last name. Yeah. Like, name. It's, but it's, it's why else would you have a 0.1? Because it's, because Marvel does the point one issues, they the do, jumping on—it's a jumping on issue. It's, they have, but a number one is a jumping on issue. I don't understand why it's a zero point one. Maybe, does, maybe just their marketing research has shown that a zero point something will sell better. But than why a one did point. we pick this up? That's right, Steve McNiven on art. Oh, well, I thought it was because it was a book Steve to talk McNiven about. Is, and Brian uh, Michael Bendis is the writer. Steve McNiven on art, and this tells the very, very start origin story of Star Lord. And why he uh, joined the Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, explains what their sole purpose of existing is, and that is to not let the Brigadoon, the Badoon, or, or the Badoon touch or come to Earth again, or any other. I'm typing in Guardians alien, of the Galaxy. I need to go aliens. to Marvel. Uh, I didn't realize the guy in this armored suit is actually Iron Man. Really? Yeah, that's Tony Stark right yeah, there. Yeah, you didn't get that? I didn't understand. As soon as, as, soon as uh, I opened it no, up, no, I was like, call this Mr. guy. This guy oh. on the cover. I didn't know he was part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Tony that's Stark. actually not, we didn't talk about this in the news at all, but on the new Iron Man poster, there's a picture of Tony Stark, and then there's different armors blasting off behind him, flying uh-huh. up, and one of them is his space armor. So they're like, are we going to get Tony Stark in Guardians of the Galaxy as well? That was kind of like one of the rumors from this past week. I didn't too. realize that. 
Iron Man was part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's he all is I'm now. He is now. I think, oh, I he think is it's now. just it's something not, yeah. for... It's, no, he never was before. Okay. It's, yeah, no, it's just something for this. But uh, And I, nobody said anything about Paul's condition of this book. It's just the I did. Corners. I was like, his corners are sticking Corner. together. You got a piece missing here. You can see that it was next to a spiral notebook. <laughs> yeah, it was... I had a spiral notebook on top of it, and apparently... Uh, That's not how you treat Steve McNibbon art. Okay. Okay. Steve McNiven actually really was appreciative of a book that I, I had read plenty of times over. It was uh, FF, or Fantastic Four, but it was FF because it was the Marvel Knights. It was Knights the Marvel Knights 4. 4. Um, yeah, it was just 4. Marvel Knights 4, and uh, I had read it over and over again. He's like, oh, I love it when I see one of the books kind of like a little bit more beaten up. So I know people are just en- are enjoying it and not just keeping it somewhere. So he probably would enjoy that that things have happened to the this book, John. The, but anyways, we get this the the the, the long long form origin of Star Star Lord uh, with the banging of his mom. His mom. We totally, don't see the banging. His mom totally got banged, folks. <laughs> but it starts. That is where it starts. Thirty years. That's ago. where Paul had it start with the banging. <laughs> That's where Brian Michael Bendis has it. Started. Yeah, this this is a true origin story because it's all about Star Lord's dad crash landing on Earth and then beginning a relationship with Star Lord's mother, and then he leaves one day. And have we figured out Star Lord's last name yet, Peter? I think it's just like Quill. Quill. Yeah. Quill. Quill. I, I thought it was, but I wasn't sure if it was like Quill or Quill. Um, I just want to know what his mom does. Because she didn't call the cops because she's like, I don't want people up here she, messing she, with what I do. She's a meth lab runner. That's why it was so easy to explain away the explosion at her house. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it was a gas leak. Your mom was running a meth lab, son. Your dad from outer space. All you're explained not allowed to, And you're not allowed to read comics. All happens in meth labs, people. Uh-huh. I like that his best friend is Peter Parker, though. But it's not. a kid with glasses. I know. But Flash Thompson's totally beaten up that foreign chick. <laughs> but it's yeah. yeah, it's just him <laughs> as a young kid uh, going through the rigors of schoolyard bullies and uh, not having a dad and being upset about it, and then suddenly <laughs> and then uh, hope and I'm getting blasted away by by, well, the- by another alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. No, it's if you tell me the same story again in a different way, I might enjoy it more. I think you have. Yeah. I think I you could have seen it in a movie. It's a it's a very cliche kind of beginning. Yeah, it it, it worked though. It did a good yeah. job. It set up who Star Lord is. You gotta talk on the microphone. That's what he's no, saying. No, no, no. What I'm saying is. <laughs> he's saying, oh, let's go into Nova number one. I'm like, yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying about Nova number one. It's the same exact story, just done better. Okay. No. Because somebody else introduced one of these damn books. <laughs> uh, we're looking at Nova number one with Jeff Loeb. And guess what? Ed McGinnis on art? Yeah. Wait, I was, I was surprised because I, when I, I just read that and I was like, oh, these people aren't super boxy. If you, I mean, you look at his like uh, well, Superman stuff and his mm-hmm. Superman, um, Superman, well, Batman. They all had a, that it, that look. Written by Jeff Loeb. 
Uh, and then you think of um, this Hulk run, the Hulk run, and With Jeff the, Loeb. Um, Ultimate Avengers. Not uh, the, the, the just the Ultimates that yeah. they did together. Jeff Loeb. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're yeah. long time collaborators here, and he's he's changed his artwork up a bit here. Yeah. And this is about, I didn't even realize it was his artwork until I just read it on really? the cover. This is about uh, young Sean Hunter. Uh, coming to grips with his dad being a janitor. It's not really Sean Hunter. I'm just making a boy meets world yeah, reference. Yeah, his name's Sam. Uh, and, it's but it's his, a kid coming to grips with his dad being a drunk and telling all these fantasy stories about being one of the greatest Novas uh, that ever lived, and you not knowing what a Nova is because it's not of this world. So it's he doesn't a Green know, Lantern, but without. Yeah, it's the ring. Yeah, but he doesn't know that, and yeah. nobody really on Earth knows who Nova is. But his dad was not a gold dome, gold helmet uh, Nova. He was part of the black helmets, one of the secret Novas, one of the uh, one of the black ops Novas. And uh, the kid's a sweet ass skateboarder. Uh, and his and principal is the same principal from Back, uh, to, Back the to the Future. future. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Strickland, uh, because he is basically Marty McFly, but uh, sweet as sweet as uh, skateboarder and Mar- uh, Mr. Strickland as. And that, honestly, that's what bothered me about the beginning of this issue is so much of it was like, oh, Sam's a cool kid. He skateboards in school. Look at him. <laughs> then he lies about skateboarding to school. It fell out of his backpack. Teach like yeah. it. It was a lot of this. I felt at the end is just like that reaching, like this is him just being like trying to set up this kid. He's cool, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing is just like Jeff Lowe, Fuck you. See, like it. Okay. I I couldn't get into the beginning of it. It wasn't until the very end that I was like, okay, it wasn't bad. Uh, it it's another cliche kind of book. Kid embarrassed about his father, doesn't believe his stories. He's just a drunk. Blah 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 blah. And then what? Rocky Raccoon on my bed telling me Rocket, I'm... Rocket No, Raccoon. I called him Rocky on purpose. Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> I did, too. With the Green Lady. You know, the two characters that his, you know, his dad had just told him a story about, there to be like, hey, we're going to need you to come save your pa. You know, it's... It, it's that cliche kind of thing. Like, my dad wasn't lying all that time. Oh, man. But he's still a drunk. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, hey, John, you go through that same shit that that man went through and try not drinking. Yeah, but he was in the shit, John. He might have been in the shit, but he left the shit, and the, his friends gave him that choice to leave because he has a wife, mm-hmm. to go and be a father, to not have to do the stuff that they are doing anymore because he's the only one that was either dumb enough or smart enough to get a wife. And now you have a wife, you need to be there. Well, he went against regulation, they said. Mm-hmm. And he, he wasn't even supposed to. And, he, and he might be called back at any time. And that was the agreement. Yeah. And that's that was actually when I actually started to enjoy the book, is as soon as his dad disappeared. Mm-hmm. And Which is like the second to last page. No, it's, oh, you're like five pages from the end when that happens, because it's him just like going through his days. Like, has has dad yeah. come back yet? Like, I, And, and then, then you have the end. Like, And that's... I wish it had been a little bit more faster paced. That at the end, because mm-hmm. that probably would have grabbed it. But there was so much just crossover between that and Guardians of the Galaxy with 
the Badoon, yeah, or like the like Ultimate Alien Menaces in both uh-huh. of the books. And I was like, I've never even heard of them before. I've been out of the cosmic Marvel stuff for so long. Yeah, I don't know the Badoon, but um, I know the Badonkadonk. It, it wasn't bad. There's the Badonkadonk train. Uh, both that and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's something that I would read it. I wouldn't buy it, but if I saw it sitting on the table, I'd pick it up and be like, oh, cool. So we're doing this now. I'm excited for Nova Corps number two. Or Nova number And I heard good things about the old Nova series uh, from back in the day, like three years ago. Uh, that was the uh, Dan Abnett and yeah. Andy Landing ones. <laughs> Resurrection <laughs> Man crew. Yeah. And those, I heard good things. Um, and they, weren't they also the people that did Guardians of Guardians the Galaxy? Of Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. It's not something, I, I haven't written it off. I would, they both redeemed themselves enough for me that I, I would read it. I, I'm going to, Pick up number two of Nova if somebody else is willing to pick up the Guardians of the Galaxy point zero one or whatever it is. I, I think it might be a number one because there okay. is a point like there's zero point two coming out for something. It might have been like an Iron Man book or something. There's some, yeah, I remember because we were talking stupid. about it. It's so stupid. So stupid. Uh, so why do you need a point one under zero? I just just zero zero. Because then you don't know it's a jumping on point. Because the NHL says zero is not a, a a number you can have on your back. Uh, well, so that's NHL, not Marvel. Something that I was really surprised America. that I liked was Brian Michael Bendis bringing us this X Men book. I didn't think I'd like either one of those. Which I, one? And this is Uncanny X Men number one. Uh, last last week we reviewed. Or last month we reviewed number three of all new X Men. Number four. Was it number four? Yeah, it was number four. It was number four, which shocked me because it read like a number one. We missed yeah. three issues before it. Alright. I get confused. It numbers. happens. Um but I was really surprised that I like this. Uh and it starts out with somebody squealing to um I want to call her Jonah Hill, but it's Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., and telling her everything that she needs to know about what's going on with Scott Summers and the people who are idolizing him and making him a face of uh, this mutant revolution and where it's not true and that he's unhinged. His powers don't work his, right. His powers aren't working right. And... um that, you know, he's just grabbing young mutants who are just becoming these mutants and just, just grab, just grabbing them to start his own kind of army with he, them. He's starting his own school now in the, uh, wreckage of one of the old Weapon X facilities. And it's him and Emma Frost, uh, Magneto, Magneto, and Magic. Magic. Those are your marquee characters for this book. And uh, you're getting the Sentinels, and it's all being told by this guy who's squealing to Maria Hill, who's bald, sitting in a chair. You're not sure, sure who it is. Who did you think it was in the beginning? I really didn't try to solve the mystery. No? Like it, that For me, it wasn't like a who who's saying all this. It was more about like, okay, what's he saying? I thought about who it was. Yeah. I, didn't come, did I didn't come up with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, who's bald in this universe? And I doubt Charles Xavier would come back so soon. <laughs> I wouldn't. 
But uh, you never. Know. And then you get the spoiler page at the end, and it's not really a spoiler, but or, or the page at you the end. You get the reveal page, which is Magneto done in the classic like Magneto font, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, I think it's still kind of fun, but also very ham-fisted still. I like that he's bald now, and uh, he does look weather-beaten. Like, he looks like a guy that's been beaten up by a bunch of teenagers for a decade or two. Yeah, now that Charles Xavier is dead, I guess he can go with the bald look, so you're not confused by the... Well, usually he's got that super long hair. Yeah. Super white hair, yeah. Because he, he has to have the super long hair because his son, Pietro, has a short, has a short hair. hair. Uh, I do like his white his white and black outfit. I don't know how he sees yeah, out of that helmet. Do we it's, like? It's all art by Chris Michello, so everything's very exaggerated mm-hmm. and just. I, I hate using the word cartoony, but it's very expressive mm-hmm. with his art style, and I, I dig it. Like panels are big and in your face. I, I love the dude's artwork. I was a huge fan of him on Wolverine and the X Men, mm-hmm. and as much as I hate seeing him leave that book, I'm glad to see him on an X Men title still. Do you guys like a uh, Cyclops Tron outfit? <laughs> I do. Because that's do. what I keep on thinking. I, I, I'm like, I always think Racer X from Speed Racer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I think it's from... Well, well I, I like that Tron. they're all different costumes. They're the same characters, but they're different. Like, they've yeah. been changed after yeah. being touched by the Phoenix Force in whatever way, whether they were possessed by it they, or affected by it in Magneto's case. They've been all depowered. Basically, it is the new status quo for the X-Men is even, uh, you get this, the new X-Men that are coming out aren't powerful mutants. They're all mutants with just weird abilities. Yeah, make these gold balls that fly yeah, around. Exactly. Like, I can heal people. Cool. But I have to touch them. It's depowered mutants. It, it's a, it's a fun book. Like, I, much like John, I'm surprised that I'm enjoying not just an X-Men book, but a Brian Michael Bendis book. But my complaint from all new X-Men stands with this one that everyone has that same voice. And Paul, you have the same complaint is Emma Frost is in there. Well, you know, I feel like this and things and happenstance and whatever, blah, I'm Emma Frost. I'm mad. Like, Mm -hmm. no, that's not how I read Emma Frost. Like she should be speaking down to Scott because she is so much better than him. She loves him. She hates him for what happened. But she's still smarter than him, like yeah. No matter how shaken she is, and they all are talking in the same voice. And, and it was the same way with all new X Men. But I can look past it enough because I'm enjoying the story that's being told. Yeah, and what I think some that we also talked about, I think it was off, off the show was, uh, the the characters in all new X Men and Uncanny X Men, the same characters, but they're not talking or acting the same kind of way mm-hmm. in uh, what all new X-Men you have Magneto he definitely seems signed up for he's it. signed up and he's you know being sympathetic to Scott in some way and trying to get him like no you did do these things now let's get past it kind of a thing But see, and in this one you have the one that's like screw this dude but, <laughs> and that's after you read uh, Uncanny X-Men number two, which also came out yeah. in February, you see Magneto is still playing along on Scott's team, but he is talking to S.H.I.E.L.D. about what's happening. He's like, no, 
they're unbalanced. You can take them out. But he's still there behind the scenes seeing what's happening and not supporting them, but watching out for these new mutants that are coming in because he's he knows what it's like to have to lead a team of crazy kids with powers. And I think he just doesn't want those kids falling under Scott's guidance after everything that's happened. I don't think it's him not wanting him to fall under Scott's guidance for everything that's happened. He doesn't want them to fall under Scott's guidance because it's not his. It's not his guidance. It's not... He is leader of the mutant revolution. Damn anybody else. I think you're thinking old Magneto. This is a Magneto that's older, wiser... Might not have completely fallen in line with Xavier's dream, but he's grown to respect it a little bit more. But we're talking about Brian Michael Bendis, so therefore anything old is new again. Well, if, so if therefore... Brian Michael Bendis, we could have Red Magneto coming out in like two no, weeks. That's Jeff Loeb. We could have Luke Cage Magneto coming out in two <laughs> weeks. But you know what? For now, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm okay with buying two issues of. Two X, three X Men books a month because they're they're not terrible. Like it's something no. I can read and be like, oh, this was entertaining. I but, would really like to read your copies, Chris, but it's not something I'm kicking down the doors for. Mm-hmm. I think I might go. Oh, did an X Men book come out? Which one? Because um, I did. I do like the dynamics of what's going on. In these books, mm-hmm. I kind of want to see where they go. They're interesting enough for me to really sit down and want to read an X-Men book because something is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not like stellar and great. It's not going to be one of those, you know, X-Men book that people are like, Oh, you're down the road. People are like, one of the great X-Men stories is when Brian Michael Bendis did Uncanny X-Men. It's not going to be like how we talk Joss Whedon's run on. Yeah. On Uncanny X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is enjoyable enough. I would read it again. But it, or I would, I wouldn't read, like, I would continue reading this, but I think after a couple issues, I might just be like, Chris might be like, oh, do you want to borrow that next issue? Be like, eh, I'm alright. Uh, my feeling on this book and the all new X-Men and also Uncanny X-Men is kind of my feeling of issue 17 from Green Arrow. But with Marvel, I know it's going to be like a whole year worth of this story to get us to the actual status where they want to be. Like, issue 17 of Green Arrow, we had to get that issue, we had to tell that story so we can get to the stories we want to tell. With Uncanny X-Men, it definitely feels like we're going to have to tell these stories, get these, and this is a status quo for now, but we're getting someplace new. And that is the powered mutants, mutants on the run, Sentinels out, Scott's a hero again, Magneto's evil, and, uh... See, I see it more as Magneto being the good guy. I mean, he's... I wouldn't say he's the traitor, but he's the informant saying, this guy, everybody thinks he's good, but he's not. He's not this. And I think a little bit is of, like you had mentioned, like, he's getting the limelight. He says he's the you know, savior of this. He's not. He took away my powers. He yeah. took away my birthright. Yeah, yeah. He's not he's not the hero. He's not the guy to do this. There's Charles Xavier and there was me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna let this guy be there. And I kinda like that dynamic going on in there too. 
I I think it's interesting. I I I do enjoy it. But yeah, it's a Bendis book, so it could be twelve issues till something really really good happens. Well, and that it's twelve issues. That's only gonna be like three months to get there because they're shipping these books yeah. really quick. That's one of the things I hate about Marvel is one three ninety nine books, and they double they double, double ship. ship them. Yeah. Like, I wanted to jump on the bandwagon for um, Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. What, the next preview magazine, it would have been two months after um, the number one that came out. Mm-hmm. They were on issue five already. And I was like, well, I might as well wait another month for the trade and then hop on after the trade. Yep. But when you go to hop on after the trade, it'll be two... Four issues past where you are. Well, I can I can pick up that next I can pick up that next issue. <laughs> I can pick it I can I can pick it up at seven and get the trade and wait to read seven. Right. But if you're wondering, guys, what what did you guys think about Robin Dian? You might want to check us out over at uh, the YouTube channel because we'll have our bagging boards up bites up soon. Yay, bagging board bites! All those comic books that you read and we read. Still have stuff worth mentioning. Stuff worth mentioning. Might not be in number one, but hey, we got something to say. Uh, we'll be on our YouTube channel. Just check us out there, Bag to Board. Uh, episode 169 is our long-awaited listener takeover show. Uh, you decide everything from the beer we drink to what we discuss. Just write us in, contact at bagtoboardcast.com or just hit us up on our Facebook, which is Bag to Board Cast Facebook. That's it exactly. <laughs> just bagged and board on Facebook or hit us up at bagged and board on, on Twitter. Twitter. Or, yeah, you or, did it. or email us. Go ahead. What what's our email? At baggedandboard.com. And if you want to check out those no. bagged and board bites, it's our channel is just called Bagged and Board. We're super easy to get around. Yeah. I don't like the seat. <laughs> <laughs>